In the name of Jesus, amen. Please be seated. Growing up in my household, there was one rule that my parents always drilled into our heads. If you can think it or speak it, you can also do it. If you can think it or speak it, you can also do it. Now, for some of us here today, that might sound like the, the power of positive learning or motivation that if you want to become an astronaut and you think about it and you keep speaking this, well, then you can do it. But I have not been the space. If you can think it, you can speak it, you can do it. You've heard of the fruits of the Spirit from the Scriptures. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. There's hardly a more admirable trait than gentleness and patience. It's really not taught to us today, but it will pay off in the long run if we can embrace that. Contrast gentleness and patience with what we've heard about from Jesus today about anger. It's kind of odd with some of these gospel readings at times where we end the gospel reading where you will be put in prison and I tell you the truth, you will not get out until you've paid every last penny. This is the gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Doesn't sound very gospel-y. Doesn't sound like there's a lot of freedom there. Doesn't sound like there's a lot of forgiveness. And this is in the time of the church. We wear green. Green is for growth. And some of these texts teach us about day-to-day -day growth, living out our lives as Christians. And today, Jesus speaks specifically about anger. I get angry sometimes. Some of you here have seen it, and I'm ashamed to say it, and it doesn't always feel so good. It doesn't feel good to unleash our anger upon someone, at least most of the time. Maybe in the heat of the moment you feel like, yes, I really told them truly how I feel. You lash out, they deserve it. Show them how they are wrong. Beat them down with your words. And of course, today, in our society, everybody is angry about something and probably multiple things at the same time. It's a new virtue for us. Show them your anger. Outrage over this, outrage over that. We get it. We see the angry people on the streets. We see anger on the interwebs and on our televisions. Doesn't it feel good to let it out, to get it out there? Maybe in the heat of the moment. Maybe for a second. But seriously, look at your life today. Your history. Have you ever acted out of anger and looked back positively on it? That was a really good moment when I boiled over and exploded on my kids or my husband or my wife. It was a really good moment when I lashed out at my employees or lashed out at that crazy slow driver on 6.30 or 4.30 or in my neighborhood. The initial fury of anger might satisfy you, 
But in the morning, there's a big mess to clean up. Somebody is probably scarred from what you said or what you did. If you can think it or speak it, you can do it. Lives are damaged. People are scarred. Even when I've spoken the truth, the rage flowing out of my mouth negated anything positive or fruitful. Truth is often today overturned by anger. Let that sink in. Truth today is often overturned by anger. Why? This is what Jesus says today. He says, your anger and my anger is as bad as murder. That's what he's saying today. Are you going to say raka to someone, he says? Are you going to call them a moron? You're going to treat them like some sort of brainless idiot, like some sort of subhuman, somebody who doesn't deserve your time, your respect, or your love, or your forgiveness? That's it. There it is. You might think that your anger is justified because the other person doesn't get what you're saying or because you might look at them as less than you or maybe not as smart as you or not on the same page as you. Fully grown up, though, this anger turns into murder because the same sin has the same DNA whether it's done privately, simply inside of you, or if it is acted out. If you can think it or speak it, you can do it. But really, Pastor, I mean, what's so bad about anger? What's so bad about holding on to that hate with inside of you? It's just a feeling, isn't it? It's just my emotions. Don't I have the right to speak out my anger, my frustrations? At my wife, my kids, my husband, or whoever? No. Jesus says today, no. Anger's not so bad. It's what we do with the anger that gets us into trouble. And in the end, anger is truly, when it is acted out, is a rejection of forgiveness and reconciliation that Jesus has come to give to us. Jesus recalls that today. He basically says, you shall not murder, as we heard in Exodus 23. In characteristic fashion, Jesus takes that one step further. He takes the Old Testament law and he expands on it even more so. He gives it a deeper spiritual meaning. This isn't about you taking out a gun or a knife and capping somebody in the streets. This is about what you think what you say, and what you do. This is why we often confess in some of our services, I have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed. Jesus warns the very fact that murder finds its root in anger. It finds its root in a murderous spirit. I tell you that anyone who is angry with his brother will be subject to judgment. God, who examines the very thoughts and intents of the heart, will issue judgment upon our unrighteous anger. Jesus takes that all the way down 
to calling each other names. Using a simple term like rakah. And then he issues a third warning against those who call somebody a fool. What does this mean? As we grow in this faith today, it simply means that when you are angry, and no, it's not when you are trying not to be angry. It's a matter of when you are angry with someone or some people, how do you view this person that you are angry with? Can you view this person as somebody that Jesus died for in their baptism? Can you view this somebody as somebody who has been risen from the dead in their baptism through Jesus? Can you see this person as somebody that Jesus would forgive and love even as they ask for forgiveness? The one thing that I don't want you to take away from today is that Jesus doesn't look at you today and say, don't ever get angry, because you and I are going to walk out of here today, and what's going to happen? Somebody on Kavanaugh, Fair Park, is going to cut you off. The brunch served at the restaurant is going to be a little cold or a little bit long, or you're going to turn on the internet or the television, you're going to watch the news, And somebody's going to make you angry. Jesus does not think that you're going to go throughout life without being angry. Though I think sometimes there are people today who would say in Christianity, you can't really do that. He addresses, though, the sin today that we fully know and understand. He says to us, hey, you get angry. What are we to do about it? It's why he points to today the greater element of growth today. There is nothing greater than first being reconciled with your brother or sister in Christ. And these are difficult words. That Jesus today is saying forgiveness and reconciliation is the sign of a true follower and believer in Christ. It truly says that we belong to Jesus and the refusal to be reconciled or forgiveness given out from us is a sign that we don't belong to Jesus. The words that we've heard in society today, I just can't forgive them or I won't forgive them. Those are very frightening words because there's nothing more important for us to speak on Jesus' behalf. As Christians, you have been changed. You've been changed with these ideas of love and mercy and forgiveness. And we have been changed in our knowledge of what the Scriptures say to us. That love, that mercy, and that forgiveness that you give is not yours. It is God's. And He wishes those things to flow out of you in thought, word, and deed, freely and wholly for everyone. To withhold that forgiveness. Ah, 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 I'm not going to ever forgive you or I'm not going to let you go of what you did to me 10, 20, 80 years ago. Whatever it is. To hold on to that is to withhold the forgiveness of God, the love of God, the mercy of God. 
it is in a sense for you and for me to say that we are God and we will dispense of his gifts how and where we see it. Be on guard. Be leery. You don't want to go down that path. This is why Jesus teaches us today. If you can think it or speak it, you can do it. You're not going to avoid angry. We don't have a sign out here today that says, Grace Lutheran Church, seven steps to overcome anger. Because I think it takes more than seven steps for me. The anger is going to happen. Yes, Jesus says today, confess that anger and confess what you've done with that anger. Let him take it upon himself. Let him take it upon the cross. Let him go to the cross with that where the sins of the whole world, the anger and rejection of God against God and the whole world was placed upon him so that he may say over and over again, as you have heard over and over again, forgive them for they know not what they do. This goes for all people, yes, but even more so for you and for me. Because we've been changed in our baptism. So you heard from Paul today, you were buried, crucified and buried with Christ in your baptism. And now you and I walk in the newness of life. As a congregation that gathers around and celebrates the forgiveness of Jesus, we must also celebrate that this forgiveness is for one another. In some churches today, and I really don't know if it's such a bad idea even here, may not be COVID-friendly, but typically when a congregation gets ready to receive the Lord's Supper, the pastor or priest would say, the peace of the Lord be with you always. The congregation would respond, Amen. Let us show a sign of peace amongst our brothers and sisters. And in the early church, there was often a kiss of peace. We're not going down that path. But there would always be an expression, a handshake, a sign, a word of peace to those gathered around this. That as we have been absolved by Jesus' peace that passes all understanding, we share this peace that passes all understanding with those we are gathered with here. You go to the person who has offended you or that you have sinned against and you simply ask for their forgiveness or you freely and wholly forgive them. And a brother or a sister, a husband, a wife, a son, a daughter, a neighbor is regained. The one who has been angry is put to rest and there is restoration. And it may happen that we have to do this over and over and over and over and over again, even for the same things that are done over and over and over again. And the same person might need to ask that forgiveness over and over and over again. And you might need to ask for that forgiveness over and over and over again. That's okay. There is no limit on the forgiveness of Jesus. It is abundant. It is overflowing. The sins which we commit in thought, word, and deed, the anger that we unleash 
The insults we hurl cannot undo what the cross has done and given to you. In the font of baptism, on this altar today with his true body and blood and with his words to your ears, I forgive you. Death and resurrection prove it. The forgiveness of everything that leads to the grave. Everything that has been undone by Jesus so that we may have life. If you can think it or say it, you can do it. Be dead to sin. Be alive in Christ Jesus. And know this, you are changed in your baptism. And because of that, you have Jesus. You have His life now in you. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You can live out the life of God in the fruits of the Spirit that He will provide for you. Because of Jesus, you can now show love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, goodness, faithfulness, self-control. Against such things there is no law, only Jesus there for you. To Christ alone be the glory forever and ever. Amen.